0: You're listening to episode 7 of 8 Minute Movies Knives 8 a podcast talking about the 2019 movie Knives Out in 8 minute chunks presented by me Kieran and him Peter This is a sequential podcast that contains massive spoilers for Knives Out so you should go and watch it first before listening and start listening to the podcast with episode 1 Yeah how yeah. you doing Peter How you doing I How are you doing rough. God How Uh, I'm I'm doing all right? I guess. Okay.
1: I feel under pressure to explain my mental state to you. Uh, It's uh, you know I've I've been doing all right. Remember the other week when I said I just haven't been that uh, felt the need to that urgently play
0: Thimbleweed Park. Yes,
1: I, f- I feel like I mentioned that during one of the podcasts. Yes, uh, we
0: spoke about Thimbleweed Park at the same time we we did our patented lengthy digression about yeah. um, uh, Monkey Islands.
1: Yeah, well, I I've changed my mind, but just because <gasps> I, because I haven't got anything any recent adventure game references from Ron Gilbert since, since the old days, mm. I was like, maybe I should play a recent Ron Gilbert adventure game and see how I find it, even if this one isn't necessarily in a style that I'm particularly uh, overly interested in. So I, right. I've started playing Thimbleweed Park.
0: Um, as I recall, I played it as well but like when it came out, so five-ish years ago now, I guess. And um, as I recall, you start off playing a person who then um, gets murdered.
1: Have I spoiled the start of the game for you? Uh, No, that's really right at the beginning.
0: Yeah, it's not. I I was going to say, I I remember that being like the first five to ten minutes.
1: Yeah. Which is Uh, an interesting start. There's a lot of hopping between different characters in in this. Uh, I've controlled, I would say, at this point, uh, four or five different characters, I'd say.
0: Now, Can you... I can't remember. Can you hot-swap between a bunch of different people?
1: Sometimes, uh, although sometimes you're playing a specific character, it seems.
0: Yeah, I, I remember it using that thing, what we first saw in Day of the Tentacle.
1: Yeah, oh, I suppose it's from Maniac Mansion. is is where it originated.
0: Yeah, so, sorry, by we I meant me. All right, I I I I tried playing Maniac Mansion, but it's too old. <laughs>
1: I, I played a little bit of it because you can play it on the computer when when you're playing. Day of oh yeah, yep. Yeah, that's
0: that's that's exactly where. I yeah, yeah. You, for some reason, they included the previous game entirely within the sequel.
1: And uh, Maniac Mansion, I suppose, informs the visual style of this game. Definitely, how the characters look.
0: Anyway, can can I just say informs the visual style of is probably the most pretentious thing anyone said on this podcast today.
1: Is it? But I don't know. Like, if I, I agree. Like that's, <laughs> I feel like it's a
0: perfectly fine thing to, to yeah, say. It's a, it's a perfectly cromulent phrase. I, I don't disagree. It's just, uh, oh, it makes us seem like we know what we're talking about, which is is certainly a rarity that the listeners around here will appreciate. I just mean, it looks a bit like it. That's all. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I know. I know what you're saying. I'm just saying that, you know, you said it in a proper fancy way and it, it was like a treat, you know, for the listeners. Because if I'd said it, I'd have been like, looks like that, it. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll I'll dumb my speech down from now. No, on. no, no! Please, please continue to bring your scholarly appreciation of the topic. Fimbleway Park
1: looked <laughs> like Maniac Mansion.
0: <laughs> it, why? Why must you be like this? Same <laughs> <It seemed> like like. <laughs> um... <laughs> oh Christ! Yeah. Um... Um... <laughs> It's you know it it looks a bit similar. It does, it does. Uh, it definitely. I, I would go as far as to say that the uh, the visual style of Maniac Mansion really does inform the visual style of um, Thimbleweed Park. Um, and would <laughs> I, w- I would say that. Um, uh, yeah, but obviously uh, Thimbleweed Park has access to a better color palette. <laughs> than-
1: yeah, and it benefits from that. I, I still don't know that. I, I've i never really been into that style of character with the kind of rectangle heads. And... Yeah, they,
0: they look like Funko Pops. Um. Yeah. Uh, but I think the
1: backgrounds are really nice mm. in Thimbleweed Park. I think they're really well done. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I've enjoyed parts of the writing, I would say, but it is very self-consciously, yeah, a, a throwback game, and um, I don't think that that's always in its favour. Uh, in its defence, it does have a checkbox in its option, which is something like a, a annoying in jokes, which you can turn on and off <laughs> to to vary the level of which uh, at which you get sent those. But I, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> think it had that at release. <laughs> I think even when you turn that off, it's quite heavy with the kind of reference-y stuff and the <laughs> uh, and the winks to the camera. You're like, Rem- remember the old adventure games? This is this is like those. <laughs> and uh, I don't know that I need that mm. in my life. My life. I think it's it's supposed to endear you to the game by reminding you of the old games, but I think. Only kind of just reminds you of how much time has moved on <laughs> <laughs> since there, uh, uh, and I think it would do better just by kind of trusting its own atmosphere and its own world a little more, and just running with it a bit rather than constantly going hey The adventure games,
0: they're here. Yeah, I mean, I I played it, but um, I uh, uh, I think we discussed it briefly the other time when we were talking about Monkey Island, but um i don't have the same nostalgia for that specific brand of um point and click adventure as as it's looking for i mean my experience in the genre has been from like full throttle onwards where they are condensing verbs down into little tiny things you know like a tiny list of things so you don't have to obviate the rhinoceros or something you know Mm -hmm. um (laughs) Uh, because oh, let's face it, all the verbs are just a holdover from text adventures, like yeah. where you actually wrote stuff down and it did it then,
1: yeah. And over time, they've kind of figured out that the only things that you really need in adventure games is like an in- inventory of items and <laughs> a use verb, basically.
0: Yeah, in- inventory and use. <laughs> I, was, uh, and I was gonna like- say pick up, but, but that's just use, that's just a different use.
1: Yeah, it's just a different sort of use, really. Uh, mm. it, there's maybe edge cases where you need a bit more than that, but not enough to overclutter the interface in in the way that they uh, they used to do. And I think that most people who are involved in designing adventure games have sort of come round to that mm. way of thinking over time. And and I agree with that.
0: Yeah, um, the newer ones definitely feel a lot more fun to play like um with the simpler interfaces.
1: Yeah, it's it's just uh, it just streamlines it a bit and just doesn't have you wondering if you're not in one of those weird edge cases where turn on is a useful verb <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um the puzzles in, in this uh, in Timblewick Park so far have been that uh, they've been Decent. I've been able to work out most of it so far. Mm. Uh, I've enjoyed some of the characters. They're quite fun. The writing in it is quite fun when it's not being overly... Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, it, it, in that way. But uh, it, it I, I, I quite like it. I'm intrigued by the story. I'm interested in where it's going. Uh, uh, and I think that now that this kind of thing that is really... Consciously, a, a a throwback is out of Ron Gilbert's system. Mm. Uh, he's probably going to do less of that in, <laughs> in Monkey Island, and you, I think you, he's already hinted that he'll do less of that.
0: You think? You think he needed to get it all out?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think he just wanted to write something that was just very heavy on the in the throwback territory, and I mm. think uh, both having done that. But also having Dave Grossman as a as a writing partner on this, I think they'll keep each other in check a bit more, and uh, <laughs> and I think it'll it's going to be better for it. So um, it's it's made me uh in a funny way, it's made me a bit less wary about um the next Monkey Island mm. because I feel like okay, they've done this now that these things that they've done in this game, they'll be less tempted to do. I, I, in uh, in a Monkey Island where it doesn't really belong, it, it's a different kind of atmosphere in Monkey Island, and it, you don't want it to get crowded out by just in jokes. Hmm. So, what about
0: you, Karen? How are you? A uh, I went a bit Canadian there. Uh, I'm 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 doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm currently uh, having a bit of a spring clean, throwing away old stuff that is just cluttering my area
1: okay (laughs) Um, media area
0: uh currently yeah i'm quite hemmed in by uh by books it's mostly books i i i looked at some books and i was like these books are, are books that were given to me as a child i've never read them why are they still here Hmm. What am I supposed to do? Hold these books until the day I die? Is that is that the deal? <laughs> <laughs> so no, the the books are uh, the books are all a man is coming to collect the books and take the books away where they will be rehomed or recycled if they're just garbage. That's 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 the book deal. But you know how it is when you're tidying and uh, you find stuff that you were super into a long time ago, and then you get a bit derailed. Uh, or is this just a? Um, neurodiverse thing I I don't know at this point anymore um <laughs>
1: uh I I can I I don't think I've really been in that situation because I haven't had to clear out very often but I, mm. I can um, I can imagine it yes
0: so so I, I discovered my collection of choose your own adventure books ah. and oh oh boy <laughs> uh, have I been picking my way through some of those um <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I had a couple in my day. Yeah. Mm.
0: Oh, they were they were they were my absolute favorite uh, as a child. I could spend I don't know hours just sitting there flicking through trying different things. Um
1: Now are these the kind of original branded kind of choose your own adventure?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I I got a lot of those as hand-me-downs from my brothers and sisters and um uh, I don't know why I pluralized them actually, because I've got one brother and one sister. I, uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, so it's a it's a big supply of them. A lot of them were published before I was born, um, mm. but uh, they're they're still they're still fun to flick through. Uh, I th- I think my favourite branch of it is like they they went away from the choose your own adventure and came up with the time machine, which mm. is is just choose your own adventure except in the past. They, they pick up they pick a point in the past, and the, the one that I've been leafing through idly um in spare moments at the moment is um it's called sail with a pirate uh, mm. where you uh travel back in time and you you, uh, you join the pirate's crew and uh I, I think you can choose to be a good person or a pirate i can't entirely remember um but my <laughs> It's just so dumb. I, I love it that it, as you turn through, when you, when you go through the time warp, that you turn over one page and they've drawn like a big swirly circle over the two pages. Wow! <laughs> and and that uh, that it's it's like you are now traveling through time. And I'm like, wow! And then you turn the page. Um, but the immersion. I know, right? But um, um, but I, I found out that they've all been republished on Kindle all the time machine ones. Okay. And I'm like, how does that work? I mean, because Flipping to a page is easy-ish with a book. It's a fucking nightmare on a Kindle. Um, can't you do links on a? Kindle? You can do links. I haven't got one yet, and I'm t- I'm tempted to buy one just to see if they've if they've done it properly, which is to like use hyperlinks to jump about from page to page. You'd hope so. If they've done that, they, they, then yeah, that'd be great. All, all they need to do is is figure out a way of reintroducing uh the thing which all seasoned choose your own adventure book users know. Which is to that uh, that you got to keep your finger in in the previous page, so when you go to the next one, you can see if it was a terrible disaster, and then just go back to <laughs> <laughs> it. Right. This is this this is a uh, save scumming, but for books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely necessary. Uh, I had a, a handful, I think, of choose your own adventure books when I was growing up, but they were never like that. Uh, the original kind of line of choose your own adventure books they were just other right brands of that and the annoyingly the only one that i really remember fairly clearly is this one that i had
0: where you manage a football team (laughs) (laughs) which (laughs) um um, which which well-meaning but um you know lacking knowledge about you as a person relative bought that for you do you think
1: uh, look, I feel like it, it, at, at the time that I had it, I was not yet at the age where I had firmly decided that I w- was not and would not be into football. <laughs> um, so I I remember whiling away some time with this. And mm. th- there was a, a dice included this, with this one. This is one of the ones where there are roles involved. So it's not just choices. Uh, and you would recruit different people onto your team <laughs> and they all had their own cards which had stats on them and things like that and you'd uh, depending on how you did in the various matches you'd end up going up and down in, in in the league and you'd have to try and win it was uh it was sure a good time for a budding football enthusiast <laughs> <laughs> uh but I'm sure I had other ones as well. And I'd have zero memory of any of the other ones, except for this, uh, this football one.
0: What a weird, what a weird choice. I I, I wonder why that's the one your mind is fixated on. Mm. See, i just, I've just picked another one up out of the crate. And, um, this, this is definitely one that I was, I was super into as a small child. Uh, um, make your own adventure with doctor who the search for the doctor. Mm. <laughs> uh, the year is twenty fifty six, and the Doctor is trapped in toroidal stasis by arch enemy Omega, but help is at hand from the Doctor's old friend Drax and K nine, and you. Now open the covers and join the Doctor in an adventure through time and space. What's toroidal stasis? I don't know. It sounds painful. It definitely, it definitely did teach me the word toroidal. Um, mm. You know, meaning like a toroid. Uh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh fuck! Any other um, lovely finds?
0: Oh, uh, lots. They are of extremely varying quality. These choose your own adventure books. Mm-hmm. Um, um. Some of them, like like the choose your own adventure branded ones, were generally pretty good and pretty well put together. But like some of the knockoffs are just like a random thing happens what do you do turn to these different pages (laughs) but um there there were two reasons actually i wanted to bring up these choose your own adventure games well three reasons if you include the fact that i saw them recently and we were desperate for opening content for this podcast
1: yes
0: uh spoilers um the reason number two is that something we'll be talking about later in the podcast Ooh, hashtag weight bait we're, we're we're using it that's we we are we are in fully intending to replace the word foreshadowing um i i don't think this i think foreshadowing is too grand a term for for whatever we use it for yeah But the third thing is I'd like to talk to you, Peter, about War with the Evil Power Master. War with the Evil Power Master? War with the Evil Power Master. So
1: they've started turning old choose-your-own-adventures
0: into board games, haven't they? They have, and I fucking love it. I am fully on board for this shit. It's it's self indulgent AF, but I'm I'm here.
1: <laughs> so uh, we started playing a different one uh, uh, a while ago, and it was very cool. Uh, but I, I think the uh, the disadvantage of it is that it's fairly linear. It takes a while to get through, uh, mm. and the plot seems to, at least so far, follow a fairly. Uh, linear path where you you solve one bit of the plot and then you go to the next bit of the plot and and you carry on in that fashion yeah um, but uh, we recently played war with the evil power master and in that one I think the nice thing about it is that it it feels like we might be able to play it a number of times without doing too much repetition
0: yeah I, th- I think they've they they looked at the feedback from the first game which was that basically while it's fun, you can only really play it two or three times because there is a set path all the way through it. So whenever you deviate from that path, you know, like... Is it spoilers to talk about this? Like, we we found a path that that led to a death, and so now we know for any future playthroughs that we shouldn't go down that path. Right. But um, um War with the Evil Power Master has more randomization aspects to it like there's six different well nine different planets i think and um at the start of the game you randomly go to one as your first and then you get to choose which planet you go to next um so you know you could definitely there's definitely a lot more play through a that's a word
1: uh replayability i think is what people
0: generally call it but yes mm, I, th- I, th- I think if you fi- i think if you check they're using uh playthroughableness now
1: <laughs> it's uh it it's good it you you have like nine planets something like that that at mm. least a, a good number anyway yeah uh, and uh you uh, i think we only visited like three of them or something like that in, in in our first playthrough before getting towards the the final showdown and it only took a, a a couple of hours to do that so it's more of a kind of nice one-off experience that you can mm. retry in and get different sorts of stories we i, I mean the, the the stack of cards that you're reading the story off is is quite
0: thick and we only yeah. did a,
1: a pretty small wedge of that
0: yeah uh, oh, plus also, um, you you're, you are you have characters. There are four different characters, and oh. and you y- you collectively control them, and they have different specialities. So you you get to decide who does what challenge, and that alters the outcome.
1: Yeah. And there's special things like you, there's items that you can only get on one planet, which might help you on another planet. And uh, so there's like certain kind of edge situations that you're probably realistically fairly unlikely to encounter. But when you do, that'd be very satisfying. I'm sure.
0: Mm. I, um, I, I, also it comes with at least four different endings. So, um, you know that hopefully you're not going to get exactly the same thing as last time when you reach the end of the game.
1: Yeah, that's right. So there, we, we saw uh, a different Final Showdown chapters uh, mm. uh, all called something pretty amusing, but I can't remember <laughs> uh, any of them off the top of my head. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, even when you do get to the end, it's, it's not necessarily going to be exactly the same. It's very good, very well uh, designed and the and the writing in it is
0: very uh kind of tongue in cheek and, and, yeah. and comedic. I, w- I want to track down a copy of the book it's based on and see if the writing is the same or whether they've um they've punched it up a bit for the modern audience. Get the
1: impression just from the sorts of things that it uh, that, that it says that this was a very
0: 90s one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, one of the characters you play skateboards and can say radical. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, uh, that seems like enough procrastination. Don't you agree? <laughs> yeah, let's stop uh, putting this off any longer. <laughs> no, I, I suppose we should round it out by saying uh, I really enjoyed their recent, you know, Future and adventure games, and I really hope they make like a third and a fourth one.
1: Yes, if anyone involved is listening to
0: this by any chance, they are make more of these. Yeah, keep keep going. I've bought both of the. Uh, I've bought both of the other ones. I'll buy the rest. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, this is a podcast, as we discussed earlier, uh, where we take. The movie, Knives Out, we've broken it up into eight minute chunks, and we're going to talk about those chunks. Um, also, for some reason, we have bells. Peter, ding your bell. Ding. There you go. Um, if any of the kill phrases is uttered during this episode, uh, out, or thing? Yes, uh, for historic reasons. Um, then the bell is d- is dinged or dung and uh, we we lose points uh, and at the end of the season we add up the points now i'm going to
1: stop you there because i it's occurred to me that in the last few episodes of this we've been very bad at noticing
0: yeah i didn't i didn't want to mention it but i thought we we have definitely done none this season
1: yeah <laughs> uh, I, I mean i i did a couple early on but since then it's been it's been very dry i think we mm. both need to up our game for this yeah. episode
0: yeah no no We've we've got to try. I am hindered somewhat mm. in the fact that I don't. I lost the bell. Um, but, mm. but um, what can I use to improvise a bell? Hang on. Did you hear that? No. Okay, that's not good enough. Um, I I tell you what. I I will simply say ding loudly like a fucking imbecile, and. <laughs> You do whatever your little heart desires. Uh, that's 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 me. That's that's me. Set. I I will I will just sading like twer the nineteenth century. Um,
1: All right, Kieran, distract me with some sort of topic. What What would you like to hear about today? Don't know why I give you a choice. I'm just gonna
0: say Jamie Lee Curtis until it's right. Okay, let's not talk about the thing. Jonathan James Cake, born 31st of August, (laughs) 1967, is an English actor who has worked on various TV programs and films. His notable screen roles include Jack Favell in Rebecca, 1997, Oswald Mosley in Mosley, 1997, Japheth in the NBC television film Noah's Ark, Tyrannus in the ABC miniseries Empire, and Detective Chuck Vance on the ABC drama series Desperate Housewives. Um I don't think it was in knives out. Um no. no. I I think um I think I think I'm I'm reading him to you because um because we we got hung up on actors called Cake last week. Um yes,
1: because of the actor that is in th- this right? Are you
0: thinking are you thinking of K Callan? Yeah, yeah, Cake Allen. It's <laughs> nobody. <laughs> it's called cake (laughs) (laughs) listeners if you know anyone called cake hunt them down (laughs) hunt them down and stop them at once uh yeah okay so let's talk about jamie lee curtis shall we yes (laughs) at last let's not talk about the thing jamie lee curtis playing linda drysdale Jamie Lee Curtis, born November 22nd, 1958, is an American actress and writer. She is the recipient of several accolades, including a British Academy Film Award, two Golden Globe Awards, and a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Curtis made her film acting debut as Laurie Strode in John Carpenter's horror film Halloween 1978, which established her as a, squ- a squeam queen. <laughs> Fuck me. I was, I was so close. So close. I looked at it and I thought, don't say squeam queen. <laughs> And then I said Scream Queen, which established her as a Scream Queen. Peter, um, you might recall John Carpenter from, I, I do. from season one
1: of this podcast. Yes, but that's not what I would know Jamie Lee Curtis from. Really? It would
0: Well, I mean, aside from Knives Out, what would you know her from?
1: I don't know. You'll have to explain to me, because I've definitely seen her in things. <laughs> I
0: just don't know what. How how am I supposed to know what you've seen her? In? Well, or, um, hang on, hang on. We're going we're going to get into the big list of things she's been from 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 in now. So so you know, shout if you recognise any of them. I mean, that's the system, right? You you presumably weren't just going to name that one
1: thing that she was in and say, yeah. "Well, that's Jamie Lee Curtis." Yeah, she done. was. She was in. She was in Halloween
0: and like right. a whole bunch of other movies. Right. Anyway, uh- <laughs> mention them. <laughs> I am, I'm gonna Um, She appeared in a long string of horror films Including The Fog, Prom Night Terror Train And Road Games She later reprised the role of Laurie In the sequels Halloween 2, Halloween H2O 20 years later Halloween Resurrection, Halloween And Halloween Kills Halloween is like, t- from 2018 They've ju- it's, it's like a It's not a reboot, but it's just one of the you know when they the series has been going on so long that they get fed up and they drop the suffixes and they're just like yeah. Halloween's just Halloween. I think Halloween I think Halloween twenty eighteen is like the thirteenth Halloween film or something. Okay. <laughs> and Halloween Kills is the sequel to that. Well um I, th- I think I've seen one of them at your house, mm, maybe. Probably but... Hall- probably the nineteen seventy eight Halloween. Yeah, probably. Yeah. There's a riff tracks of that. It's pretty good. Mm. (laughs) Um, And she's also in Halloween Ends which comes out later this year. Probably on Halloween. They usually do. Makes sense. Her filmography is largely characterized by independent films that have been box office successes with eight of her lead actress credits grossing over $100 million.
1: What has she been in that is
0: Mm. not a horror film? All right. Well, um, I I believe the list continues. Would you Would you like me Would you like to know more? I would. That's a Starship Troopers reference. We'll keep it like modern. Uh, I think I first encountered her in um, in horror movies, but she has been in a lot of things. Um, so her film work spans many genres, including Trading Places, for which she received a BAFTA. A fish called Wanda. Um, ah, there yeah. we go a uh, she got a bafta nomination for best actress for a fish called wonder um, she was in true lies blue steel my girl forever young the tailor of panama freaky friday beverly hills chihuahua you again veronica mars and knives out i've seen some of those films is what uh, i will say all right um, uh, we don't judge we, we don't judge people here is one of them beverly hills chihuahua Uh, No, no, I've Um, never even heard of that film, I'm afraid. I've heard of it, but not seen it, for Mm. which I consider my life to be improved.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's just not do that next season.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. We have been talking about doing a film that we just fucking hate. Um. (laughs) Yeah, that neither
1: of us have seen or expect (laughs) to like, and just thoroughly researching it and watching it. Excruciatingly slowly <laughs> over the, a period of weeks. Yeah, that sounds like a good way to spend our time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> look, look, this this podkine podkine. This podkine is already like a, a borderline cry for help, <laughs> <laughs> especially from the fact that I called it a fucking podkine. Um, yeah. <laughs> Why is a podkine, listeners? If you know what a podkine is, stop. <laughs> stop <laughs> Stop sending out the messages That interfere with my brain um, Jamie Lee Curtis Is the daughter of Janet Lee and Tony Curtis She's married to Christopher Guest With whom she has two adopted children Annie and Ruby Um, I didn't know that Due to her marriage with Guest Who is the fifth Baron Hayden Guest in the UK Curtis is a Baroness Formerly entitled to the title Lady Hayden Guest Which she does not use Hmm Uh, She's written numerous children's books with a 1998 release, Today I Feel Silly and Other Moods That Make My Day, uh, making the New York Times bestseller list, and she is a frequent blogger for the Huffington Post.
1: I didn't know most of that stuff about Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that's why uh, the Wikipedia article that I just read verbatim starts with, and writer. (laughs) Look, on
1: one occasion, I had the Wikipedia page open at the same time that you were doing your uh, your your summary and i realized how close it was to the <laughs> wikipedia page and it kind of spoiled it for me so i don't do that anymore
0: <laughs> well look what what do you want me to do completely write an independent bio of all of these people what do you do you want me to call them and see if they'll come on the show because want, they won't i want, I've I want you tried to have that. a little
1: bit of fucking self-respect is what i want <laughs>
0: <laughs> look I'm just saying, Wikipedia is there. You can use it as a primary source. Don't care what your teachers say. You can just just put Wikipedia in the citation and it's fine. No one will notice or care.
1: <laughs> All right, kids. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast for um, educational yeah. advice, <laughs> then I can't help you.
0: Yeah. No, what you're supposed to do is go to Wikipedia and then find one of the cited links on Wikipedia and use that, and yeah. then nobody checks cited links. Nobody cares, as long as it's not obviously wrong. As long as you don't link to IMDB or Wikipedia, they're fine with it. Whatever you say is fine. Um, that's academia.
1: Um- <laughs> I feel like we're drifting ever further from the scope of this podcast.
0: <laughs> I, I think it should be clear to the listeners by now, three seasons in, that uh, the scope is just whatever the fuck we want to talk about for 45 minutes, and then some vague waffle about the movie we've chosen. Oh, I just saw the bell. Never mind. Um, (laughs) What, did it fly past or something? (laughs) I just noticed it, but it's too far to go and get it. You'll have to deal. Did it just crawl past like on the back of a mouse or something? (laughs) It turned towards me and it said,
1: Kill me! <laughs> it's uh, perhaps been inhabited by a hermit crab.
0: Um, why? Why must you insist on judging me like this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just know. Well, I just noticed it. It didn't like hover by of its own accord. Like it was chalky. I don't know. I don't know. It's just something about the way you
1: said it that made me think that it would. You just. Uh, fleetingly spotted it, and it's gone off on its met <laughs> way again. Now, uh, never mind. You'll catch it next time.
0: I saw it as it was being pulled out of the airlock into the cold void of space. Like, mm. oh well, never mind. We'll we'll pick that one up on the salvage run. Um, so if you're quite finished, uh, it's it's time for us to start watching the episode. All now, right. now, now. Last time um we asked you if you're seeing this for the first time who do you think is the murderer and how done it uh mm. and you you said same there was no particular change last time you still think it's Marta, uh with the medicine yeah um, which is fair because we have just watched that happen yes <laughs> um and you said, what happens next there's exploration of the outside grounds shenanigans with a bit of broken trellis they're going to try and get the CCTV video, and Marta will try to sabotage that and her footprints. So I tell you, you you're 75% right this time? Yeah,
1: so we do start to see some of this stuff towards the mm. end of this segment, but there's a little bit of a conversation that uh, uh, happens beforehand, which means we don't get to all of it.
0: Yeah. All right. So now it's time for us to watch minutes forty-eight to fifty-six of Knives Out. Yeah. Marta starts to panic, and Fran and Meg take her out of the room to calm her down. Meg asking Fran if she still has her stash. The um the room here, which of course, as we established in our previous game of is this a set or a real location? uh Was like a real place, uh, and they had a priceless tapestry <laughs> along one wall. Mm. So they made the production team made a little paper sign just out of you know the camera's line of sight that said, um, "This is like four hundred years old. Please do not touch it." <laughs> 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 just, just to make everyone be constantly aware that when you're moving those cameras around on the dollies, that you shouldn't be smashing up all this precious stuff. Do not rip the tapestry. Yeah. Oh my God. I, um, uh, uh, I know movies do this stuff for veracity, but when, when you hear about them accidentally breaking something oh, oh, that's important for cultural or historic reasons, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking specifically of Kurt Russell and the guitar from, um, The Hateful Eight. Do you know about that? I don't. Oh, so, um, they were lent a guitar. Like the Hateful Eight is a um, is a western uh, story, and I, I'm we maybe mentioned it when we were talking about the thing because it's basically the thing if the thing was a western.
1: You you have mentioned it. I do yeah. want to see it for that reason.
0: Actually, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really it. it's a really good movie. Uh, it's very gory because it's a Tarantino film, but you know, still very very good. And um, uh, they were loaned like. A, a guitar that was something like 250 years old um, oh. t- for, to use as part of the production. And um, w- during a scene in the movie, like one of the actresses is playing it and Kurt Russell grabs the guitar of her and smashes it. And um, they, the prop master messed up. So Kurt Russell didn't know that the guitar she was playing was the real guitar. Ooh. Rather than rather than the destructible prop, so they, she he, he grabbed it off her and smashes it, and there's a look of genuine horror on her face that is not acting uh, because she <laughs> she knows it's the real guitar rather than the uh, rather than the fiberboard replica that was supposed to be smashed, uh, and yeah, it was this huge mix-up, and they they kind of crapped out on the explanation. Uh, so, so they called up the Martin Guitar Museum, who are the the people who lent them the guitar, and told them, "Oh, it was um, it was broken in an accident on set, uh, and just not specifically what happened." Uh, yeah. uh, so the, the guitar was 145 years old, uh, and they they got like the cash value of it back, but they were like, "Oh, it was a it was a priceless artifact, which is just gone now, uh, and now <laughs> we'll be we'll be a lot." stricter on loaning things to film productions which is kind of bad as well yeah just a horrible thing for all people involved it was just like a genuine accident like like but i really wish it hadn't happened. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Oh, where where were we before we, we went into this lengthy digression?
1: Uh, I don't know. We were probably
0: tapestries. <laughs> you were talking about tapestries, which is Ooh. related to
1: you were talking about the room that the yes, the, uh, the drawer with the
0: clock. Is not in. the not the Johnny Waso film, though. We, we will never talk about that. Mm. Um. In another room, Meg takes joints from a drawer under a clock Lights one, but says they're all too old and dry to use I wonder whether this uh, little stash area will come into play later Mm. Hmm, I thought I had some notes about the clock But maybe they come up later (laughs) (laughs) Um, Elsewhere, Walt shouts a nana if she'd like some dinner But Linda says she's already eaten all the salmon spread already
1: (laughs) and uh, you get the feeling that the family doesn't really give nana any credit or respect at all
0: yeah it's the way he talks to her is a bit <laughs> <laughs> he's like do you do you want anything for dinner to eat to eat <laughs> <laughs> i mean she knows what food is <laughs> <laughs> yeah um k Callan does a, an excellent job of, of playing Great <laughs> Nana, um, but she doesn't really get lines. <laughs> no, there there are she she does say some stuff definitely, but it, it, it is entirely off screen. <laughs> yeah, she
1: well she has a couple of very important lines.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just one or two ones, but she, she seems to have all her wits about her. Um, yeah. Just she's quite old. Uh yeah, my note here says they don't treat Great Nana too well, do they? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I do like the the there the, is an excellent line in the in the like one of the first episodes we did of this way they're like, uh Great Nana was there as well, uh Harlan's mother, and like Harlan's mother? How old is she? And they're like, nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Meg arrives to fetch him to talk to Marta about what they'd all spoken about. Walt enters the room with Marta and says the family has decided to take care of her, which means giving her something financially to support her.
1: Mm. Uh, Uh, And, like, uh, you see this bit and you're like, okay, I guess it's a nice gesture, like, mm. you'd you'd think, but... uh, also a kind of easy one though. so they, they they all believe themselves to be rich or about to be set for life mm. <laughs> uh, and uh, giving his carer a little uh, stipend is that the word is does that make sense <laughs>
0: um, yes
1: mm. is uh it, it's not necessary they don't have to do it but it's also not going to be difficult for them in, no, no, no. In, in in any way and it becomes immediately undermined when he then does the same line about uh, was outvoted about the funeral. <laughs>
0: yeah, that whole um, I, I thought you were, should have been at the funeral but I was outvoted line kind of doesn't ring true anymore now that two out of three people have said it. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's definitely true. And I think um I think what you were saying uh, you know about them deciding to give Martha that money I think they all kind of see themselves as grand philanthropists even right though, <laughs> even though they aren't really you don't find out how much they were going to give Martha but i I how much would you think it was gonna be i I mean I they say
1: take care of um, mm. which is vague that could just mean that that could mean I- I entirely make sure that she's free of financial uh, worries for the foreseeable future or I, uh, that could mean that they're just they're, they're gonna give her a little something something
0: i i reckon they're gonna give her a couple of grand that's uh, that's mm. where i'd be at if, <laughs> because you know they're about to receive what is essentially limitless wealth and yeah. uh they all sort of see Marta as beneath her, beneath them. Even if they don't think it, you know, out loud, so to speak they they all do uh, from their actions, especially Richard.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's only part. She's, uh, she, she's only treated like part of the family when that's convenient. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh,
0: also, we get another shot of the Harlan picture here. That's uh, slightly different from last time.
1: Oh, I I didn't notice the difference.
0: Uh, Later, Marta leaves and walks out onto the darkened patio. A lighter strikes in the darkness, surprising her. Blanc is sitting in shadow, lighting a cigar. Uh, This little scene is a homage to Apocalypse Now, apparently, uh, which I saw so long ago I don't specifically remember it, but sure, okay. Um... (laughs) He does seem like the sort of person to sit brooding in the dark, waiting, <laughs> Yes, definitely. They talk about the case. How Blank knew Harlan, uh, he knew his father, a police detective, and his father respected him. And that he still thinks something is afoot.
1: <laughs> uh, it's an odd little detail about his father, I suppose, here. I, I, I never really kind of picked up on it before when I've watched it, but... Mm. Uh... Uh yeah, I guess that's interesting. I don't know why they would feel the need to make that connection considering uh, that it, it ultimately doesn't really have anything to do with the story. Is it just supposed to be a red herring?
0: I don't know. I th- I think it's. I think it's more just to um give blank some emotional investment in the case, maybe. Mm. Yeah, maybe Uh, because you know Harlem was a friend of his father's, and now he's dead, and maybe he could do something to prove that this wasn't just the suicide that it appears to be. You know. Mm. Um. uh, Okay. Uh, Do we want to argue with internet nerds? Right. Right. Okay. Do Do we want to do that? Is that Is that what we want to bring to our lives? Uh, Sure. Let's do it. Do you think him saying a foot is a reference to the fact that he knows that Marta's got blood on her foot? I mean, I would say,
1: no, it's just a um, a coincidence. And it's just because later he calls Marta Watson and it's more about that.
0: Yeah, I I reckon it's more of a Sherlock Holmes thing than a a. foot blood reference, but fine, whatever.
1: That's what I would say, except that he also mentions feet again later in this scene, (laughs) so maybe he is hinting at her with little foot references in a playful sort of way. Does he? I don't remember the second... He he says something like the answer falls at his feet. Feet. Oh,
0: yeah, he does, doesn't he? Mm. Dirty little fucker. (laughs) Um... He mentions that Harlan's detectives dig like truffle pigs, but he anticipates the terminus of Gravity's Rainbow. Mm. Uh, they talk about Gravity's Rainbow, a 1970 Thomas Pinchon book that nobody has read. Have, yes. have you read it? I haven't, but I've heard the title. I, I haven't read it, but I've heard the title. Uh, I heard mm. it on The Simpsons. Um, <laughs> and And then this. Uh, the Pulitzer board described the book as unreadable, turgid, overwritten, and obscene. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am going to continue to not read that. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Blank agrees that nobody has read the book, but he likes the title, which he likens to the arc of a murder mystery. Blank mm. will talk more about arcs later. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. shadowing, No, weight bait, that's it I yeah. called it the right thing instead of the wrong thing Fuck um, I think when we do it, it's weight bait But when a film does it, it's foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Oh yeah, yeah. okay, that makes sense Good. Yeah. Um Blank says the medical examiner Wants to close the case as a suicide But he's convinced Elliot to keep it pending For 48 hours Oh, it's always 48 hours in movies, you know oh. Um mm i was thinking about two other movies uh 48 hours and zootopia uh, so, <laughs> like they're all anytime there's a cop thing involved it's like you've got 48 hours mckennedy or i'll have your badge and your ass
1: <laughs> you're not a <laughs>
0: script writer are you Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, no uh i i have tried it <laughs> mm. <laughs> they, they keep turning me down for some reason and mm. uh, uh, he would like Marta to help him investigate. Blank tells her that he's a machine that unerringly arrives at the truth and that she has to arrive tomorrow at 8 to help him investigate.
1: Hmm. Uh, I feel like he definitely knows that Marta is involved somehow. Um, and, and we, looking in from the outside, can... can can kind of guess that he knows that at mm. this point, just from his whole attitude. Uh, but I also think that he does, he is being genuine when he he's kind of expressing his belief in her kind of good character as well. Right, yeah. Uh, so he must already suspect that there's more to this story than just she did it. Right.
0: Um... Ryan Johnson mentions they're doing the Columbo thing here, revealing who the killer is early on and attaching the detective to them while they figure it out. Uh, but if you can make it seem like the murderer was in the right, then the relationship is inverted, because now the detective is an antagonist, even if they're a sympathetic character. Mm, so, yeah, yeah we, we, we like Blank and we like Marta, but at, th- at this point we definitely want Marta to win more than Blank. Yes, we yeah. want
1: her to get away with it at this, at, the, at this stage in the story.
0: It was just a simple mix-up, you know? Yes. Later, Marta arrives home where her mother is watching Murder, She Wrote, dubbed into Spanish. Fair enough. Uh, the episode she's watching is Who Threw the Barbitals in Mrs. Fletcher's Chowder um, from 1998. <laughs> uh, and it's about a dinner party where someone at the dinner party gets murdered.
1: Well, I guess it's poison. On brand.
0: (laughs) Fairly appropriate. Marta sits down on the sofa and her mother pats her back reassuringly. The camera slowly zooms in on her as we flash back again in Marta's memory. Harlan says he knows there'll be something he's missed, but she has to do what she has to do to beat it without losing her soul. He pushes her out of the room and she spends a few seconds agonising on the stairs before coming back inside and saying that she has to help. So she gets some good expressions here, where she, um, uh, lots of different things go past on Anna Diarmas's face, uh, while mm. in in just a second or two, while she's outside in the corridor, I'm like, oh, it's really good performance of someone who's agonised about exactly the situation. I mean, if you push me into the situation, I would be flummoxed as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's the problem that she ultimately ends up with is that there's not really any decent alternative apart from going going along with the plan that he's put together.
0: No, no, no. Harlan, lying on the distant couch, tells her that if she does everything he says, everything will be just fine. And he slits his own throat. Oh. He's uh, he's got tears in his eyes. Did you notice that? Uh,
1: I, I didn't really notice it. I, I guess I guess thinking back at it, I I can see it. Yeah.
0: Mm. So um, this is something that got edited a, a lot to get the PG thirteen rating. Um, originally, they wanted like a, a splash of red towards the camera, like uh, something abstract, rather than like a big. Gush of blood, just to show that the blood, you know, flew some distance. Yeah, Um, but that absolutely was not going to fly with any of the uh, any of the rating boards. Right, Um, so they just left it completely as it is.
1: I guess that this moment needed to happen in order for the blood spot to be explained. Mm. Uh, But still, this is a fairly. Uh, cold thing for even Harlan to do, just do it right in front of his
0: friend. Yeah. Who is um, already in distress. I mean, his last words are something along the lines of um, if you do it all, if you just do what I say, everything will be fine. So, you know, he's still thinking of her as he he kills himself.
1: He is, but He's also even acknowledged himself that he'll definitely have missed something, so she's going to have to think on her feet a bit.
0: So it's it's not like in the bag. No. <laughs> uh, Marta stumbles back out onto the stairs in shock, sitting and panting with tears in her eyes. Um, Ryan Johnson says this is his favorite bit of Anna Diarmas's performance, um, and yeah, she she really does knock it out of the park with all of these little scenes.
1: Yeah, you you get her uh, just really shocked, but also trying as quickly as she can to compose herself because she mm. knows she's not going to have long to start doing all of this stuff that he's just kind of chucked
0: her away. Yeah, she's got to go enact the plan. Yeah. We leave the flashback back to a thoughtful-looking Martha sitting on the couch. She holds hands with her mother as the camera zooms in on a tiny blood spot on her shoe with a dramatic sting.
1: Oh it's no! A, it's a good sting.
0: Yeah, it is. Really good. Um, mm. uh, what is that? Is that is that like a violin? You're my music guy.
1: Uh, I heard violins in there. I heard brass in there. Definitely there's kind of a falling mm. brass on the last note of uh, of that. Mm. Uh,
0: it's, uh, it's good. It's effective. Uh, I like it a lot. I also noticed that in my notes, I wrote "there's a tiny bloodspoot." And,
1: <laughs> and uh, you did. I wasn't going to draw attention to it, but <laughs> since you said it, I, I I had a little giggle when I saw that
0: while I was uh, looking through the notes. Uh, bloodspoot. <laughs> yeah. Um. In my defense, the keyboard on my laptop is broken and will sometimes double up letters for no reason. Mm. So it's really fucking annoying. Um. <laughs> <laughs> bloodspoot. The next day in the morning blank Elliot and Wagner wait by the gatehouse as Marta arrives. All um, right so
1: we finally get to the bit that I was predicting that we'd
0: yeah. start getting to. Yeah there was a, I think you missed a, a little bit of this um bit where Harlan is like I will not have thought of everything let's uh, you know yeah. just wing it you'll do you'll do you'll do fine champ. Um blank whistles for her to come over uh, except that it turns out that Daniel Craig doesn't know how to whistle. Um, but luckily his bodyguard mic can. So in in this shot, the microphone is three feet off the camera to the left, recording his bodyguard whistling. Mm. (laughs) How's your whistling? Um, I was thinking about this the other day and I I don't think I can whistle either. Mm. I, I, I thought about it because I accidentally made a whistling noise when I sucked in some air and I was like, is that how whistle? And I was like, no, that's not how whistle.
1: Uh well I can only is uh isle? Isle? Sure, isle. I can only isle backwards. What's isle backwards? Uh y- you know, by-, by breathing air
0: in rather than blowing out. That's what I just said. That's what that's why yeah, I-, I accidentally whistled while yeah. breathing in sharply and I was like, ooh. I can
1: whistle perfectly serviceably, uh, breathing air, in, but outwards really unreliable. I'm not very good at it at all. I've never got the hang of it.
0: Go on, give it. Give us a little inward whistle. Inward whistle.
1: Not brilliant, but it works. That's you know, pretty
0: good. Like, uh, yeah. No, that's uh, just that's just sucking. That's slurping. No, sorry, I haven't got it. I I thought I thought I had it for a minute there, but I've lost it. I can only suck and slurp.
1: Yeah, but uh, outwards, I I can rarely do a thing. Sometimes I get a little little peep of a whistle, but n- not anything more than that.
0: You know there that you that, that the fucking movie choir is like, oh, you know how to whistle, don't you? you? Just put your lips together and blow. Mm. <laughs> you know, right? No, there's there's more to it than that. Yeah, there's a yeah. whole um... there's 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 a knack to it that you haven't yeah. explained.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I've ne- I've never acquired it. I, I think that basically I stopped once I realized I could make a whistle sound by uh, by breathing in instead of out. Mm. I was like, okay, job done, fine, I'll just do it like that. And never really investigated how to do the other one. Well, Way honestly around,
0: so. I, I look forward to learning how to whistle, because uh, I, I learned how to click my fingers when I was 21, and now I can do it really well all the time.
1: Look at you go. Yeah, so I, yeah, know. I, I don't hold it against Daniel
0: Craig. Some people <laughs> just don't know how to whistle. It's yeah, fine. It, <laughs> statistically, uh, from all the people we've surveyed a hundred percent of them don't know well, okay well let's let's include Mike so so 75 percent of them don't know how to whistle so yeah and honestly
1: in in jobs in which you might be called upon to whistle um, actor is really high up the list <laughs> uh, so it's an unfortunate uh, it's an unfortunate problem for Daniel Craig but yeah uh, but has re- rarely affected
0: my life personally. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe that's why he keeps uh, he keeps Mike on. Honestly, this conversation is the longest I've uh, talked of or thought about whistling in several decades. So you know, it's not it's not a day to day skill for me. Well, let's stop it. Oh, yeah, let's let's do that. Um, inside the old groundskeeper talks about the history of the estate as he puts up photos on his fridge with a large magnet.
1: I uh, see this whole bit is going to be difficult to talk about because it's going to be referring to things that are about to happen but haven't happened yet in the scene and the the 8 minutes are up before those things happen um which is a real flaw in this format if you think <laughs> like. No no, no, uh, no it's uh, so I think the magnets are going to be used and that's what my prediction is going to be later <laughs>
0: Oh, okay, well, you know, the, the magnets have been on screen, focused, shown to us all. Yeah, they've been
1: drawn attention to, and I think at least one of those magnets is going to get a little bit of use mm. in the near future.
0: I mean, you can just say what happens. I mean, we've, we've spoken about this being a spoilery podcast before.
1: Um, yeah, I was just just trying to make it a little bit tantalizing. That's yeah, all yeah, it, you
0: Ta- know. tantalize with your weight bait.
1: Yeah, no, uh, it's good. Uh, Marta's gonna uh, grab one of those magnets and put it in her pocket so that she can use it to erase the uh, the tape. See, now we don't have to mention it
0: next time. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, the, the the groundskeeper here calls the absolutely ancient VHS and monitors modern technology, which is really funny to me. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, too... he's saying he's saying in the older days, I used to just like fifty years ago, I patrolled the perimeter with a gun, and now we have all this modern technology, and mm-hmm. they are just. Like Dick, are they are museum pieces by like today's standards.
1: Yes, uh, I think. Well, is he because his his job isn't really that defined in. Uh, I, uh, he's he's their security guy. I guess I get yeah because I, I doubt that he like tends to the grounds or anything like mm. that. He's just the security guy. So I think that this is someone that absolutely has no business still having a job here, but uh, Harlan has very kindly just decided to keep him on because the job he does is fine and this way he gets to keep a job and have a comfortable life.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean um, it's interesting as well as we will learn that the house is not, has not been with the thrombies that long so they kind of picked this guy up with with the house, I right. guess, and just kept him like a <laughs> like a bookshelf or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they very easily could have just replaced him and the equipment with just some modern recording equipment and just something that's very automated. But but, but he's chosen not to do that.
0: Yeah, it definitely feels like a foible of Harlan's. Mm. Marta looks at the screen here, and we hear Harlan echo in her head saying, to avoid being seen, pull off the road after the carved elephant. Pull off the road before, not after, or before. Um, yeah, so oh, Marta realized she's in trouble here, I think. <laughs> yes,
1: uh, that will definitely come into play in the next episode.
0: I was gonna say it would be weird for anybody else to know exactly where the CCTV coverage of their large mansion house stopped, but probably not for Harlan mm. like this like like knowing exactly where the CCTV blind spots are for a murder is like right up his fucking alley,
1: yeah, it's probably
0: just something that he's idly thought about <laughs> yeah so um so the groundskeeper here um is called Mr. Proofrock. Um, I don't think anyone addresses him by name, but he's in the script. Um and he is one of two characters from the movie whose names are homages to a choose your own adventure book. Wow, it's all coming back right I know, hashtag waitebait we deliver. Um and it's it's book number nine, which is called Who Killed Harlow Thromby? Do you have it? I do, yes. I you, although I I did buy it for this. Okay. <laughs> I didn't I it wasn't just like happened to have it. Otherwise I'm sure I would have noticed before now.
1: It's called Harlow Thromby. I never mm. knew this.
0: Now, Har- Harlan Thromby is obviously Harlow Thromby. Yeah. And Mr. Proofrock is named after a detective from the book called Proofrock. All right. Um the book also centers around the death of a wealthy man whose extended family are all potential suspects. Mm. You, you know how I, I jokingly talk about what we're going to do for the Patreon every every episode, right? I I legitimately think we should start a Patreon and just play through this book.
1: <laughs> listener, as, ex-
0: as exclusive Patreon content. Uh, let's ask
1: the listener. L- listener, would you pay us money yeah. to play through a Choose Your Own Adventure
0: book? only Only has to be a pound a month. That's £12 a year. <laughs> if you give us uh
1: let's say 5 pounds <laughs> in a
0: month you can make a choice for us oh oh that's good i like that oh um yeah i mean i'm i would say I, i'm like 75% serious with this idea <laughs> let's <laughs> let's talk about it later but that's that's definitely why all the why all the you know preemptive talk of choose your own adventures yeah, I mean, if, if we like... play, it, it's just going to be us dying a lot. <laughs>
1: it, it feels like it's probably not the best idea to just uh, conceptualize and uh, <laughs> uh, begin a Patreon
0: while recording a podcast. <laughs> we'll talk about it after the show. Yeah. Um, Mr. Proofrock is here. Is of course played. Do you recognize him before I say his name? Uh,
1: I don't recognize him. No.
0: Uh, He's played by M. Emmett Walsh, who is a very famous character actor. He has been in so many films, it would be very troubling to list them all. Um, Because when you said
1: you recognise him, I was like, I I mean, not specifically, but I also feel like I might have seen him in things, and that makes sense. I mean, my my,
0: my go-to for him is that he is the sheriff from Critters. (laughs) Okay, I don't know that. Um he the, he's being played by Emmett Walsh uh, but the role was supposed to go to Ricky Jay do you know Ricky Jay uh no um unfortunately he died during early production of the film and um what they did to acknowledge this um was that the thing on the fridge next to where he's putting up the thing is a photo of Ricky Jay with a shotgun which i thought was very sweet
1: uh, um he played the cosmic owl in adventure time M- M- and Emmett Walsh
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh. j is a uh, probably one of the best sleight of hand artists. Um. Hmm. Ever. Uh. I I know him from card throwing. Uh. Where he he's he was so good at it, that he could throw cards and like chop candles and how like put out the cut out the flame on a candle, that kind of thing. You know. and He he was just really really good at it. And a, apparently a very entertaining guy just in general. Um which okay. is why they wanted to get him on the film, but unfortunately he passed away. Let me ask you a question that you can research for the next um Oh, we haven't had one of those next for a while. Episode.
1: It's, a, it's a bit of a long shot whether you'll be able to find this out or not, mm. but did Ricky J teach Bill Murray how to throw cards in Groundhog Day?
0: That's what I want to know. I will look that up, but I suspect the answer is probably yes. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, he, I know him from MythBusters, where he was trying to teach them how to how to throw cards, so they could build machines to throw cards. All right. Uh, apparently, M.M. Osh is a delight to work with. Um, when he turned up on set, he'd hand out little random gifts to people. Um, he'd give them two dollar bills, steel pennies, and copies of his resume. <laughs> And, um, the, um, the people on the director's commentary were laughing because, um, people would inevitably come back to him with whatever he'd given him and say, could you sign this for me? And he'd be really apologetic and says, I can't, because then I'd have to sign them for everybody else. <laughs> and he's like, uh, oh yeah, I, I see what you mean. Actually, <laughs> if you're constantly handing out these little presents to people, huh? He wanders over some ancient video equipment, explaining he kept the tape from last night and that he usually erases them with a magnet. Now, does he say? A magnetic degausser. I feel he like he does that. say a magnetic degausser. Hmm. Um, uh, this explanation of how VHS tapes worked seemed a little weird and over-expository to me, but then I realised it's an explanation for people who don't know how tape works, and now I'm old. Hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah, oh, Christ. Tune the grave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, he explains that he recorded it SSLP, which means uh, nothing, as far as I can tell. VHS has had different recording modes, which doubled the amount of stuff you could record onto a tape at the loss of, like, some quality. Yeah. And SLP, or super long play, or extended long play, uh, seems to be the longest one. Um it is terrible for the tapes if you want to view them a long time afterwards, but for CCTV it's probably fine. <laughs> it's uh well, it was super super long play, isn't it? Super, super long play. Um I just assume he got it wrong. What's the, what's what's that? How does IMDB put that mistakes possibly deliberate by the filmmaker? Or <laughs> <laughs> uh MDB is really useful, but I also sorta hate it. Um <laughs> As you noticed while we were watching this, the monitors here are, um, uh, that they're watching the videos on our old monitors from Tandy TRS-80 Model 1 computers from 1977. Oh, they're computers, are they? They're computer monitors that have been mm. repurposed as video displays because, you know, you can do that with, it's just a CRT, basically. Yeah, I
1: suppose so, yeah.
0: Um, uh, what, what does TRS-80 stand for, Peter? Uh... Terminal. I, I'll give you a clue. I already said one of the words. Screen.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, t- 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 television. No, because they're supposed to be computer monitors. T- t- technological. Te- technological. <laughs> technological.
0: R- radical screen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it stands for Tandy Radio Shack Z80, um, which refers to the Zilog 80 um, CPU inside it. Um, mm. I, I, I know I don't like giving you fuel for your your weird rants against me as a person, um, but while spring cleaning, I have found um, seven uh, Zilog Z80 processors, which um, I've been assured is more than many people have. It's more than I have. Uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 a statistically aberrant number of Xilog Z80s. Mm. Uh, Marta watches the live feed and realises she should have pulled her car off the road after the carved elephant. Marta, come on. <sighs> it wasn't be after four after all. Mm. They start watching the tape that Marta puts into the player. And that's it. That's where we end. That's where we end. Gee, they start watching it. All
1: right. Uh, mm. I mean, not a great cutoff this time, uh, nope. uh, given that all of the stuff that this scene sets up is going to be resolved in the next uh, in the next episode. But at <laughs> least this time, it wasn't right in the middle of a sentence. So we, we're making progress. Good work, knives out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I, I think that was quite a good episode. I... I... Uh, I, I do enjoy the little aside with weird Mr. Mm. Um M. Emmett Walsh is, uh, well, I guess was one of um, Roger Ebert's favorite actors. Uh, and he went so far as to say uh, a- any film which has M. Emmett Walsh in it can't be entirely bad. Oh, there you <laughs> which go. Is very sweet. I like that. Um, So, that will bring us nicely to the end of the episode, I guess. Um, So, Peter, we're going to ask you them questions, what we ask you. Um, If you were seeing this for the first time, who do you think is the murderer and how done it? Are you you sticking with Marta and Marta and the poisons? I think we have to stay there for the moment. All right. I'm going to jot that down as same as last time. Now, what happens next? I think you've already mentioned the degaussing. Yes, so
1: we're going to try and erase the tape with the help of basically a fridge magnet. Uh, I don't know whether that works. <laughs> That's an interesting one. You'll probably tell me next time, though. Yeah, I will. I know the answer to that, but I'm not going to tell you right now. Mm. <laughs> uh <laughs> And then they're going to wander back up to the house and that's when they're going to... Marta's going to go over the footprints and everything by seeming just to not hear um, that that she's not supposed to do that. Uh, And then there's going to be the discovery of the little bit that broke off the trellis once they're back up at the house. Uh, And... So that that's probably going to take up most of the next bit.
0: Okay. So what are, what are you thinking? What are you thinking of the movie so far? We are very nearly halfway through.
1: Yes, it's kind of a relief, I, I guess. To um, uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> be, b- before we started recording the podcast, be after four. Yeah. before we started recording the podcast i said we were nearly halfway through <laughs> or we were just about halfway through you're like nowhere near <laughs> you fool <laughs> you, you cretin uh, and uh, now you're you yourself that's like we're very nearly halfway through how dare you
0: oh well, i was um I, w- I was doing it i was doing it actually to gaslight you a little bit and i'm glad mm. that you picked up on it uh <laughs> <laughs> A, a lot of this podcast is me gently playing with your mind. <laughs> anyway, <laughs>
1: uh, I am enjoying it. I'm you. You get a sense of relief that there's less information to pay attention to at this point, especially when you're having to take notes on it all for a uh, for a podcast. <laughs> uh, you're telling I, me. <laughs> I mean before i was getting so lost in particular details that were coming up that i was just missing the rest of the stuff that i wanted to write notes on as well and it was it was really difficult to um to to pay attention to it all now having a much easier time of it it's, I'm, I'm, I'm glad from all angles that it started to slow down a bit and we're settling into this kind of slightly new kind of story where we're rooting for the
0: killer apparently. We've moved into the Columbo phase mm. Um. So, uh, listeners at home um, if you have any comments or questions you can email us at podcast at 8minutemovies.co.uk And if you like the show, what you should do is uh, tell a friend or um, an enemy or someone you're ambivalent towards or leave a comment wherever you listen to it and say, what a fine podcast is this? Basically, it's the 21st century and you need engagement drives the algorithm. Listeners, engagement drives the algorithm. Um, I how, don't really how, know what that means, but I'll agree with it. How much of the curtain am I supposed to lift here? You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. If you, if you, if you would support our Patreon, let us know so that we know whether whether this is worth doing at all.
1: <laughs> yeah. How many of you would give us, say, a thousand pounds a month?
0: No, no one, no one will <laughs> give us a thousand... Oh, Oh, if you are going to give us a thousand pound a month, then do that. If you give us a thousand pound a month, we will record we will release two episodes a week. How about that? You can have it. <laughs> wow. No, if you, if you give us a thousand pounds a month, uh, we will do an entire season just for you. How about that? Mm.
1: <laughs> Whatever film you like, any film you want.
0: Yeah. We'll uh, do it. It will cost you about 16,000 pounds. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll stop recording that podcast. The moment you don't pay up. Oh
0: God. I yeah. could, I, I could fix the hole in my roof. <laughs> <laughs> bin bags are not cutting it listeners um (laughs) okay oh god well well well, that gruesome thing aside um yeah time to end the podcast i can be found on the internet at Kieran j walsh on twitter he can be found on the internet at kestrel pie that's kestrel like the bird and pie like the irrational number Oh you said you said the thing's right. Did I do it right? You did. Yeah. <laughs> did Karen do right? Yeah, the only thing that you've really failed
1: at is that you um you should have rung the bell just then when I uh when I said that
0: word. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on. Hang on. Ding. Haha, <laughs> I got you, Peter. Now Too I can go, late. I can go back and comp that in and the listeners will be none the wiser. I'll know. Well, yeah, but you don't listen to these. <laughs> All right, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Good Goodbye, listeners. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>